The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 140. Wait, we're missing music. That's okay. Hello, and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, go back and listen to all 139 other episodes, and you'll realize that there's music at the beginning of every episode. And this episode, we don't have music, and there's a specific reason for that, and we'll get into that. But I want to welcome my lovely co-host, Allison. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm sorry. That must be so annoying. (laughs) Hi. 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 I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. We are recording from our new and not necessarily improved studios um, (laughs) in a totally new state. Yes, we have moved. News news, uh, flash to everyone. News news flash. Breaking. Breaking news. Breaking news. If I had... (laughs) A working computer, which is why there's no music. I would ha- play the like breaking news like theme music. Yeah, it, you know, but I think it's kind of perfect because moving is kind of stuffy. It's kind of bad. <laughs> it's not fun. No, it's not fun at all. It's not fun, and, and you it, lose things. You misplace things. You think things are where they were, and then they're not there, and then you have no music. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of appropriate right now as we're recording this at the end of July. A lot of st- Students that are starting medical school are on their way to new and hopefully better places and moving and it, realizing all of the fun stuff that we've gone through. Yeah, recently. I think it's it's very, very much appropriate. Yeah. So where are we? Did we say yet? <laughs> no, we did not. We just oh. said we were in a different state. Yeah. So uh, we, we were in Boston. Yes, we were living in Massachusetts, just outside Boston, and we are now living in... Colorado. Oh, I was going to do a drum roll. I thought you were going to say Germany. (laughs) Well, I'm a little crazed with all the moving, uh, but no, I do know that we are still in the United States and in fact living in Colorado. We are in Colorado. So if you are listening to this and you are in Colorado, shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net or find me on Twitter or do whatever because I want to find fun people that are out here that listen to this podcast in Colorado. Uh, There's been a lot that has gone on in our lives, and we've hinted at some things here and there uh, that big changes were coming, but they're they're finally here. Yes, it's it's been quite the month. Why don't we uh, get into it? 
Okay, let's get into it. All right. So, uh, I uh, used to be an active duty Air Force flight surgeon, but I'm no longer an active duty Air Force flight surgeon. That's right. So, around December or so of 2014, January of 2015, uh, Allison and I had discussions about uh, what was our future going to look like, and... As some of you may know, we've talked about it before on the podcast. I was diagnosed with MS last year in March, a couple weeks after our daughter was born. And because of that, the Air Force won't let me fly. The active duty Air Force won't let me fly. I tried multiple times and talked to as many people as I could, but they will not let me go up in an airplane anymore. And as a flight surgeon, that was one of the biggest perks of my job was being able to go up in an airplane and be part of the air crew. Uh, Even though you're really not doing medical things on the plane while you're flying, it's you're just hanging out as part of the crew, observing, uh, offering advice, and and being one of the team members. And in theory, you you might need to do something medical up there. You never know. You might, but that's not the reason you're there. Right. I understand. So that was a, a big part of Uh, of our decision-making was the fact that I wasn't able to do one of the biggest parts of the job that I loved. And it's not necessarily just the flying, but it's also the rapport that you're building or or not building by by not flying. And I thought that was a huge um, part of my job that I was missing. Yeah, and it's interesting because I really learned a lot listening to you talk about the importance of that. I never understood at the very beginning when you would say, well, you know, I have to go fly. And I would think, okay, well, yeah, airplanes are cool. And I know how much you love planes. But I didn't fully grasp the importance of establishing that rapport with your patients in the because it's just completely different in my world. I am not up on airplanes. That's not where I spend time establishing uh, care. That's not the place that I get to know my patients or their families. I get to know them on the ground, (laughs) as most of you will and or are. And so I really, over time, came to understand the importance of that, that it's not just a love of airplanes that you have. It's the fact that it was a really important part of your job. And, And you might say, well, well, give me an example of why. Well, if you think about a pilot or a loadmaster, someone on the plane, they're depending on Ryan clearing them or a flight surgeon clearing them to fly. So if they come in with the sniffles or something more serious and they're not allowed to fly, that removes their ability to do their job at all. They, they're grounded. They can't do anything. And so they have to really trust Ryan to want to talk to him and to want to open up uh, in a way about their their medical history and about themselves and what's going on with them in a way that other patients don't necessarily they there's a trust there that that I think patients all need to have but it's even more accentuated in the kind of job that Ryan was doing so that's I think uh, a little bit about why it was such an important part of his job and um, why that that piece of not being able to fly was a big deal yeah so just from a civilian's point of view. That's it. That would, you wrapped it up very well. And and it turned out, uh, I did, in the process of this, uh, I, I did speak to some National Guard units, Air National Guard units, and there was one unit that was on my side the whole way, and they were able to get me a waiver to fly. 
Um, but in the end, uh, for some various other reasons, I had to turn that down as well. So as of right now, I still have a couple months if I want to change my mind. But as of right now, I am no longer affiliated with the military. Um, and it's very strange. It is. But the other thing I think that you're not talking about is the positive side of all this. Because, uh, yes, leaving the military was... I can grow a beard? <laughs> you can. You can actually grow a beard now. You do not have to shave every day. Uh, you can grow your hair hair longer, too, if you nah, want. No. Um, anyway, no, but um, in all seriousness, I mean, yes, the flying and the inability to get a waiver, active duty was a very big deal that led you in this direction. But the other part of it was that for the last year or more, you've been talking all the time about how much more or how much you wish you could spend more time doing what we're doing right now, working on medical school headquarters and working with all of you out there and trying to do more, 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 more. Ryan and I would have these arguments where I would say, let's go watch something or let's go do this, that or the other. And he would say, I want to go do this. And I would say, no, I want you to spend time with me. But I, I totally understand. I mean, he gets excited about this, what he is doing for all of you out there in a way that um, is really cool and awesome. And, and I really respect, and I'm obviously really excited to be here for all of you too. But as you know, Ryan is, you know, he's really the, um, I don't know, the golden egg. And this is my <laughs> well, you've, you've kind of jumped the gun a little bit because so I'm not in the Air Force anymore. So right. So what are you going to be doing? Well, I was trying yeah. to segue into it. But so yeah. but so what I'm saying is all of this, this last period of time, you have kept talking about how much more how much time you wish you could be spending doing just this very thing right here. And so that was also, I think, driving your feeling about coming here. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. Say something in your own words about that. I'm talking too much as usual. I I, I think one of the biggest things that the, the biggest questions that I get is, OK, so where are you going to be practicing or what are you going to be doing now that you're not in the Air Force? Because you're a doctor. You need to practice medicine. And I it goes back to uh, a lot as well as what Allison just said about my passion for doing this and for helping you get into medical school, there's just the, the emails that we get that I got a direct message today on Twitter from somebody who I've never corresponded with, who said, Hey, you don't know how many people you're helping. And thank you. It's messages like that, that just that drive me. But not it's not just that the other thing that goes along with this is, if I wanted to go and practice medicine, I'd have to go back and do a residency. Because I just had my internship. Right. And so, so I, I, I could I could technically find a job here in Colorado. Colorado is a state, I believe. Uh, I, I haven't looked into it much. But Colorado is a state that will allow you to practice with just an internship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It, it does depend on the state. So, for example, when you were in Delaware, you that, that was not an issue. I mean, you were in the military then anyway. But you can practice with just an internship there. In Massachusetts, you need three you full cannot, years. Yeah. Right. So it depends on the state. Every state's a little different. So I I think if I practice medicine, I would go back and do a full residency. But it goes back to the reason I had to get out of there, or not had to, but the reason I got out of the military in the first place is my diagnosis of MS. As a resident, Allison, you're, you're fully aware of this. You are stressed to the max. Yes. Right? 
And so somebody with a new diagnosis of MS, probably not the best idea to go stress your body to the max. I think it's it's all about where, as I always say, it's all about where your passion lies. I think you can do anything. Um, I really believe that there's, you know, there, there, the, the biggest limit in life is the one you put on yourself. And so I think it's just a matter of... So I'm of, putting a limit on my... No, so let me finish. <laughs> so I, what I'm saying is I, it, it depends solely on where your passion lies. And, you know, some of you out there might be saying, well, hey, you guys just did an episode a while back about how, you know, you shouldn't be leaving medicine because, you you know, it's, it's different now and, you know, things are darker, heavier, worse or whatever the word is compared to the way they used to be. But the key thing is... Ryan is not stopping the practice of medicine because he's he's upset with how things are going and he's upset with the Affordable Care Act or he's upset about, you know, he has a different passion. His passion has shifted to doing this. And yes, if he thinks about doing a residency, could he go and do that with a diagnosis of MS? Yes, certainly. And there may be some of you out there who are battling MS that were, again, not saying you shouldn't do that. For Ryan personally, at this point in his life, when he's looking at all of the things that he wants to do um, or that he could do, that is just not, it's not his priority. The, the risks outweigh the benefits. The risks outweigh the benefits right, for him, right, right? For him and his life and all the other things going on and with our family and everything else. And, and that's that. But, you know, that's, I think for every individual, for every MD and DO, every physician out there, it, you know, the, one of the beauties of what we do is there are so many options. You, there are so many things you can do with your degree. We've talked about that. Before. We have. And so for you now, I, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're letting your passion guide you and that's what you should always do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who says a year or two from now I get bored of doing this and want to go back and jump right into right back into an operating room um which is what my goals were originally to be an orthopedic surgeon uh, a couple of years down the road i i may find that my ms is really not that big of a deal and my symptoms kind of never come back and whatever yep. and i'll have more courage to to work 100 hours a week yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I think, and you know, there, look, there are 55 year old people out there who are doing residencies. I know some of them, we've talked to some of them on the podcast. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, of at this moment, what works yeah. for you, for me. So it's a, it's a huge change. Uh, I am scared. It's, it's weird to not be practicing medicine. Uh, but I'm excited to, work on the podcast more and and I have lots of other fun ideas and other things that I could be doing obviously with the academy that we have helping pre-meds get into medical school through group advising we have 75 or so members in there that we're helping through the application process and through interviews and personal statements uh, and that's gone very very well and so I'll be able to to dedicate more time to helping students and doing a lot more one-on-one stuff as well. Yeah. And I don't know if all of you out there know, I mean, how much time and effort Ryan puts into just building his knowledge of this space and just so much about what it takes to make the medical school headquarters work. I mean, I always sit back and feel like I'm you know, I don't know, <laughs> not doing enough. He does so much to make this ship run. And um, he's actually headed to, to a conference this weekend, which will be awesome. Um, 
I, and again, I just, I, I'm really excited for him because, and I'm excited for all of you because his time is going to be devoted to doing this, not just the podcast, but really building the medical, medical school headquarters to be everything it can possibly be in a thousand ways and more. And, uh, I, I think it's going to be awesome. And just as much as you have loved it this far, if you have, and thank you if you've let us know that, because as he said, it gives us so much motivation and courage every single day to keep doing this. Um, but he is just going to keep going. And, and I'm excited because it will bring that much more to what you have now and to, to just making it better and better. So we're obviously not, not, not working. You have now switched jobs. Right. And, and so what kind of setting are, are you going to be in now? So I am still going to be practicing neurology, practicing medicine and being a neurologist. Um, I, I don't know that I could ever give up patient care. I, I don't know. I, I love it too much. It's, it's become, I don't know, just a, I just, I don't, I don't know that I could ever let it go, but anyway, I'll, I'll miss it. <laughs> yeah. I'll miss that patient interaction that yeah. I've talked about it a lot. The, that the, the, the best part of medicine and the, the part that will never change is behind closed doors. When you when you walk into that patient room and you close the door, the, the electronic medical records go out the system, the reimbursements go out the window. It, it's it, Everything goes out the window. It's just you and that patient. I'll, I'll miss that. Yeah, absolutely. I can get that because I would miss it too. And I... Uh, I mean, even (laughs) it's funny. So I finished up with my job in Massachusetts uh, the last week of June. So it's now been um, about a month. And even in that month, it's been weird. I, you know, when, let's see, I didn't really have much time between, I'd I'd been at, I don't know if you, if you all recall, but I was at a job um, in Massachusetts and then switched to a different job at an academic medical center. So there wasn't much space in between those two, but uh, I guess really I haven't had too much time off, you know, if you will, for quite a long time. But the point is when you do have any time off, it feels weird after a certain time to think, God, you know, when was the last time I saw a patient? I'm feeling rusty already. Um, so I'm, you know, <laughs> I mean, my tools, I haven't picked up my neurology bag in, in several weeks. It's weird. Anyway, uh, I will still be doing what I've been doing. Uh, I'm, I've joined a very large uh, group practice out here uh, in Colorado, and uh, I will be doing primarily outpatient work, as I have been doing since I graduated from residency, but I will also have a call throughout the year, and that will be inpatient call, where I will see patients at two hospitals in the area, uh, and I'll be doing, you know, emergency room and inpatient consults and, and all of that jazz. So I'm really excited. Um, and it'll be neat because the organization that I've joined is, is really big and uh, in, in a way that's a lot bigger than, than other organizations I've worked at. In terms of my jobs thus far, I, I worked at a very small practice when I first got out of residency. And then after that, I was at an academic medical center. And this will be um, sort of an even larger organization. Um, with time with residents and medical students and also time, uh, you know, in private, in a private setting, um, in practice in the office. So I'm really excited. Um, it'll also be fun, I think, because I'm going to be, like I said, it's a, it's a large practice. So there are going to be like 16 or 17 neurologists in, in the group, which will be really fun. I think, uh, the more brains you have in the same room, the more interesting and the more you can learn from people. So I'm, I'm really, I'm excited. And of course you would say the more brains. Of course I would. Not the more people. Well, yeah. <laughs> My thought was, what do you want me to say? More kidneys? More hearts? <laughs> terrible. 
terrible. Yes. So, I, lots of change. Yeah. For both of us. For, for both of us, from, for our daughter, who is now in a totally different state and getting adjusted. And we're at a higher altitude. I mean, my God, we're living at something like 5,300 feet. How do you feel <laughs> about that as a neurologist? Your brain is not getting as much uh, yeah, oxygen. I know. But you know what? There's this beautiful thing called erythropoietin, and it makes you make red blood cells, and you get to create that oxygen and get it moving back up to your... Well, you don't create it, but you know, you get more of it available, and then you move it to where you need it, and it all settles out after about a week or so. It's just like in an airplane. You, I mean, you have to accept the fact that you're going to be a little hypoxic for a few hours, and that's that. So... Okay. We, we live, right? I mean, obviously, we when we go outside in our neighborhood, we see bunnies, We see which our daughter loves. We see tons of rabbits, <laughs> and there are dogs, and life goes on here at 5,300 feet. P- apparently, there's no dogs in <laughs> Massachusetts. No, my point is that humans and other animals survive at this altitude, oh, okay. so we will all be fine. <laughs> okay. I yeah. think you're a little hypoxic right I now. I probably am. I probably sound a wee bit crazier than usual, but that's okay. Okay. That's all right. So it's, that's it's all for your entertainment. I that's that's our know. story. Uh, <laughs> th- there's a lot of change that has happened. There's a lot of change that will continue to happen. Uh, hopefully, what won't continue to change is the lack of music with our podcast. I like playing the intro outro. It's a, a fun part of it. Uh, the the computer cable for my iMac that runs the all of the music and stuff I left in Massachusetts. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of states, I don't think we explained why Colorado. Because it's not Massachusetts. <laughs> Listen, for all of you out there, I Boston will always be home to me in a way. I love Boston. I love Massachusetts. Uh, you know, it's okay. Ryan does not, and that's fine. But anyway. Yeah. I I had family here, and you will have family here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it. Uh, I've I've lived here before. I lived here for a year after uh, college, after University of Florida. I moved out here for a year and loved it. And so yeah, it's beautiful. Their mountains are are gorgeous, and it honestly may be a, a bit of a change of pace for us, which may be a good thing. And we're excited. So. Send us a line if you live here, and if you don't, um, you know, I don't know. Just say hi. Yeah. We've actually unpacked, I think, the last box, right? No. No? Oh, crap. No. There's always more. <laughs> There's always more. So when when you're packing, here's some, some moving tips for all of you students that are headed off to medical school or uh, in the future for residency. Label everything very well, all your boxes, so you know where stuff is. We we went out and bought an extra iron because we thought ours was missing, and then it was in a different box that we weren't expecting it to be in. Aye. So we we waste a lot of money in that in that way. Uh, but also, your essentials like computers and computer cables, bring those with you apart from everything else, so that you don't forget them like we did. Well, and we even, I mean, we drove out here. Ryan drove and my daughter and I flew and, but somehow we still misplaced that cable. Oh, well. It happens. I have the microphones though. You do. We're talking into them right now. Yes. All right. So that's our story. Um, I I hope that uh, you guys continue listening to a podcast that has a former practicing physician as the host. Um, I my passion uh, is medicine. Obviously, I'm continuing to do this podcast and helping you get into medical school because I still think it is an amazing career and an a, a amazing calling in life. Uh, but for me right now, uh, I need to switch gears. 
And that's what I'll be doing. So we do want to answer a couple questions that came in. Do you, do you have anything to add? Well, I'll still before? be here. I mean. Well, you, you are a practicing physician, so we can still rely on your. Absolutely. Your knowledge and uh, your experiences. and Definitely. I mean, my, my previous experiences don't go out the window. Of course not. You're always too hard on yourself. <laughs> Send him a little love out there, okay? I think he's, he's being hard on himself here. Uh, we did get a couple questions that I wanted to answer uh, through the website, medicalschoolhq.net slash question. One is, um, I, I won't say the name because I didn't get permission to, to read the question here, but it, uh, the, the subject was recommended strategy for retaking classes. I graduated college about three years ago with a BS in neuroscience. Sadly, I ended up with a 2.6 cumulative GPA and a 2.1 science GPA. Most of my science grades were C's and below, no F's. I recognize the repair necessary to become remotely competitive for medical school admissions, but I'm stuck on the proper strategy to execute when performing post-bac work. During my do it on your own post back work. I plan to retake all of the prerequisite courses and several of the recommended upper level science courses. Once these courses are completed, my GPA would be closer to a 3.0, yet this GPA is mediocre compared to the more competitive GPA between 3.5 and 4.0. With that said, should I continue taking science courses until my GPA is higher or apply once I complete my prerequisites and the handful of recommended upper level science courses? Mm. Mm. What do you think? It's a really good question. So I, a lot of, of listeners and a lot of people that we interact with are in this same boat. Mm-hmm. Start off poly- college poorly. And the, the question is, why did you start off college poorly? What, what drove you or didn't drive you? And what, what was it that had you end up with a 2.6 cumulative GPA. You don't really talk about that. That's where I would start. What happened there? I think once you figure that out and figure out you you really do want to move forward with this passion of of trying to get into medical school, then we can we can work with that. Now, the difference uh, I I don't know how you're calculating what your new GPA will be, but if you if you know the differences between the MD application and the DO application, the MD application will average your two grades. The DO application will take your newest grade. They don't take your highest grade. They take your newest grade. And so your GPA could be a lot higher than a 3.0 if you get straight A's. It, it could be closer to a 4.0 uh, for the DO application. So I, I think you, you have to weigh into your decision-making with the fact that are you going to apply to DO schools or MD schools or both or whatever it will be. I, I think one of the biggest things you need to do is start talking to the admissions committee members. Find a school that you really want to go to and, and lay this out for them. It does two things. Number one, you start getting information directly from the school that you want to go to, and that's huge. And number two, you start building a relationship with that person. So I, I would recommend you you reach out to the medical school somewhere where you want to go. Tell them your story. Let them know 
what you're planning on doing and see if they have any advice or anything that they would change. Yeah, absolutely. I have nothing to add. I mean, I think you said it. All right. So that's that one. And then the other one. The I other have one too, P.S. Oh, you do? I do. Okay. Oh, do you want me to go? You can go. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, this is one that I've felt bad about for a while because um, this very nice gentleman uh, emailed back in April and uh, I'm just so sorry. Life has been just kicking us in the pants a little bit for the last couple months. Um, so I apologize that it took me so long to get back to you, but I thought that I would just get back to you on the podcast. So I also will not say your name because you did not give us permission, but uh, or we didn't ask for it, I should say. But uh, here goes. So um, he said, I noticed on the podcast about selecting medical schools that you were interested in or almost went to Dartmouth. Of all the schools I've looked at closely, they seem the best fit to me but it's more of an impression than a product of rational analysis. And I'm not normally one to base decisions on sentiment. He talks about being an older uh, applicant coming to medicine as a second career and supporting a family. So uh, he's focused on schools within a 200 mile radius of his hometown. And he said that I feel like any medical school makes you a physician and that will allow me to make the world better one person at a time. He talks about the most competitive school where around his area, um, which is Emory, but his first choice uh, is actually Morehouse School of Medicine because they focus on under undeserved populations. Sorry, underserved populations and social social <laughs> undeserved. You know, sorry, you don't deserve medicine. And, uh, and social justice will likely lead to outlooks, insights, and a network of colleagues working to make the world a better place on the policy and cultural level. So his question is: So there are lots of elite medical schools around the country, but being merely elite is not enough to justify the cost and distance for for his family. Is there something um, about Dartmouth uh, which makes it seem more likely that they will create doctors who will improve the, the, the human condition on a broader level than one patient at a time? Uh, clinical work or from what I've seen, are, are they so really the question is, are these elite schools really exceptional among medical schools or is it just that they're good at selling or presenting themselves? So that's really the crux of the question. So my, uh, let me tell you, um, in terms of my own personal experience, uh, why did I almost go to Dartmouth? So Dartmouth was, uh, one of the 10 schools that I applied to, um, New York medical college is obviously where I did go. And that's where I met Ryan and the rest is history. Uh, Dartmouth is where I was waitlisted at the very end. And they had told me that I was number one or number two on their list. And I, uh, it was that very last week right before orientation began at New York medical college. And I had to make a decision about whether I was going to uh, go ahead at New York Medical College or whether I was going to wait and roll the dice and see if I actually got a spot at Dartmouth. And I couldn't, there was no way I could say no to my spot at New York Medical College. And and I was, to be honest, honestly, at that time in my life, I thought that the location was a really important piece of the puzzle. And I was way more excited about being in New York with close proximity to Manhattan than I was to being at Dartmouth because I'm not an outdoorsy person. Uh, I mean, I love nature and I love the outdoors, but I'm not somebody who likes to go hiking on, on a weekend if I have the chance to go into the city. And although that's kind of changed. <laughs> yeah. changed um, a lot. Uh, at that time the in mountains my life, are right here. I know. I, well, it's, it's actually ironic because now if I had the choice to probably go into, I mean, I, anyway, things have changed. I love, I love being out in an area where there's a lot of open space, but at that time in my life, I was really excited about the possibility of being New York. So with all those factors in place and with an exception, you know, an acceptance at New York Med, I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to let this go at Dartmouth and, and that's, that's what happened. But, uh, Dartmouth has a, a fantastic program. Uh, I was really blown away when I went there. I will tell you, I, I was a little bit, um, 
know. I was a little bit turned off by the other applicants when I was there, to be perfectly honest, because I felt like people were really pretentious. And that's saying nothing at all about any of you who are out there who are studying at Dartmouth who, or who are in undergrad there or in medical school or even residence there. Um, I have friends who went there, one of my best friends from residency. I mean, it's a great place. I It just so happened that the day that I went there, I remember sitting around the fireplace with a suit on and I just felt like I couldn't relate to anybody because everybody was talking about um, things that were just, I don't know. Hiking. Just, well, no, it wasn't about hiking. It was just, it felt like everybody was talking about science in a way that was just not very, I don't know. It felt like it just didn't feel real. But anyway, um, but going back to your question, um, I mean, if I had gotten a spot at Dartmouth, would I have gone? I don't know the answer to that question anymore. Um, I mean, it's it's hard as a human being when you when you sit there and you have these U.S. news reports in front of you. I mean, Ryan and I talk about how it's it's not about that. It's it's about so much more than just what the school's numbers are and how well they're ranked on these lists. But I mean, as it's part of kind of human nature to think, okay, well, if there's this big fancy list out there and people respect it, and and this school is number one or ten on that list and the other school you're looking at is not, I mean, you know, it seems like a no brainer to pick the one that's on that list, but, um, it doesn't always mean it's the best choice for you. And to be honest, um, I think I do know if I had to do it all over again, I mean, it's not even a question. Um, I would still have gone with New York med because New York med is a school that really fosters, uh, that clinical, um, just really getting to know your patient on a one-on-one level that, 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 um, establishing that patient rapport. Um, it, it really, there's so much about New York med that is just about human decency and about, um, being a great person in addition to being a great physician and the importance of good clinical care for all populations. And so it's funny because a lot of these elite schools, I mean, they, they do a lot to really build that character as well, but, but it's something about New York med that I just came to love too. And New York med is not, you know, not in that quote unquote exceptional bracket, so um, all in all, I think if I had to, I know what Ryan's going to say. I think if I had to say, I, I really do think that these, some of these exceptional schools that are on this list, I mean, they, it's probably, it's the selling aspect. I mean, if you think about it, they have a lot of money. They have a lot of NIH grants. They have a lot of, uh, a lot of money as private institutions and um, they have a lot of backing and a lot of respect. And so I think um, it's a lot easier for them to present their message of, of how well they can train physicians in a way that maybe other schools can't. Um, but it's, it doesn't mean that they're a better school. You know, I think, um, I mean, some of the, the folks that I met at Harvard, for example, I mean, those kids were so those, those, you know, medical students were so smart and so, you know, dedicated, but I don't think they were any more dedicated than the students that I met at New York med. It's just a different, it was a different community. You know, it was a different group of people, um, different backgrounds, maybe different experiences, different life experiences. One of the things about New York Med that was more unique is they are about second careers. A lot of students there have had a second career. They're very interested in non-traditional students in a way that I don't know the Dartmouth is. So this is probably the longest answer ever <laughs> to your question. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, what makes sense is really how do you see yourself fitting into the community where this school is? And do you see yourself and your family being happy in in that place? Because if you are thinking about you know, traveling all those many miles and transplanting your family into another community, um, make sure that it's really a place that, that, 
you know, calls to you in, in every way and that you feel like you're really going to thrive and that the school fits you, not just because it's on that exceptional list or because it's one of these elite schools, whatever you do, don't go to a school just because it's elite. It's, it's, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's not what it's about, you know, and, and it's not what's going to make you happy. It's not what's going to sustain you in all of those hard nights and long nights of studying. Um, make sure it's a good fit for you. So there's something that that I say to answer this question and uh, a lot shorter response than yours. <laughs> go, don't go to a school because it's great. Go to a school that will make you great. I like that a lot. Is that your line? It's mine. I like that. I you should hashtag that or trademark it or whatever you do now these days. Yeah. That's good. There's there there are a lot of variables that go into how you fit into a school. And the name on the wall is not one of them. Yeah. Totally agree. Isn't it so crazy how Ryan can completely encapsulate what I'm trying to say in like six words and I take like five hundred and sixty thousand? Yes. This is our life. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Hypoxic people. This is what happens. I, I, I'm telling you. I mean, you know. All right. I I think um, we can answer other ones another time. I think you used up all of our time. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Am I going to get fired again today? Yeah. <laughs> I, I it's just different. We have different approaches. Our brains work differently. That's okay. I try to answer things in the best way I possibly can. I really try, but I just am not I don't know. You you I you know what I think it is. You have time to think about your your answer during this entire time that I'm talking. So yours just comes out so much better and cleaner and wiser. But that's great cuz it's for your benefit out there. That's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed all of the information or two questions that we answered and then uh, our... It was an update. An, an update. update. It was an yeah. update podcast, um, an update. Lots of lots of exciting things at the Medical School Headquarters podcast. Uh, I know a lot of you love this podcast. We're up to 294 ratings in iTunes, which is That's awesome. amazing. And 292 of them are five stars that's awesome yeah so thank you for all of those ratings and reviews that's phenomenal uh if you want to leave us a rating and review go to medicalschoolhq.net slash itunes to do that we greatly appreciate all of them we have a lot of new ones we'll cover a couple a couple right now el resto says excellent there's no better podcast or website like this one um, Funky Healer says, now confident non-trad. I am so grateful to have found this podcast. Tex South Mgal says, glad I found it. Down to earth hosts and on point information. So it, again, if you want to leave us a rating interview, go to medicalschoolheadquarters.net, medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes to do that. I hope you got a ton of great information out of this podcast. And as always, I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters.